Okay, next time. Okay, we're going to read The Girl No One Wanted. Oh, this book you have only has it in English, girls. So maybe we'll have to go home and read it in Spanish as well. Because I need it in English and Spanish. Yeah. But that's okay. I can read in English with you girls. And then when I go home, I'll read it in Spanish. Okay? So this is The Girl No One Wanted. The story of Jacob, Rachel, and Leah from Genesis 29 through 30. That's right. There were once two sisters. The youngest sister was very beautiful, and her name was Rachel. But the oldest sister wasn't beautiful at all. Some thought her quite ugly, and her name was Leah. Rachel was the kind of girl who always gets invited to parties and chosen for the team. Everyone loved her, and poor Leah, no one hardly even noticed her. One day, their cousin Jacob came to stay. He was one of Isaac's sons, and he was on the run. Jacob had stolen and cheated and made some enemies, including his own brother, and now he was hiding. The funny thing is, Jacob, of all people, was the one God gave the special promise to, the same promise he had given his grandfather Abraham. I will rescue the world through your family. But then God chooses chooses people we least expect, as we'll see. Jacob stayed a long time working for his uncle Laban. One day Laban said, Jacob, I've decided to pay you for your work. What do you want? A sudden thought struck him. How about one of my daughters? Okay, we're turning to page 72. It shows a boy or a man with a big mouth open wide and there's his tongue. See that? Jacob looked at Rachel and he looked at Leah. Who would he choose? Of course he chose Rachel. I'll work seven years for free, Jacob said, if I can marry Rachel. So Jacob worked seven years and at last his wedding day arrived. But that night, Laban played a nasty trick on Jacob. Instead of sending Rachel to marry Jacob, he sent Leah. Now in those days, they didn't have electricity, so it was dark in their tent. And besides, women wore veils and you couldn't see their faces properly. So Jacob suspected nothing. You know what suspected means? It means he didn't know anything. He didn't, he didn't think anything was wrong. The next morning, Jacob woke up and screamed. That's what he's supposed to be doing here, right? His new wife was lying beside him, but it wasn't Rachel. It was Leah. Jacob jumped out of bed. Laban, he cried, you scoundrel. What does a scoundrel mean, you know? A fool, yeah, or a bad guy, a trickster. But Laban said, work for me another seven years, and then you can marry Rachel. So Jacob worked for Laban Laban, another seven years, and at last Rachel became his wife. And now Jacob had two wives. But of his two wives, Jacob loved Rachel the best. Now we're on page 74, and you see a lady over here with three kids and a baby. Rachel. You think it's Rachel? Actually, Leah. Actually, Leah. I think you're right. I think it's Leah. Let's read and see what happens. No one loves me, Leah said. I'm too ugly. But God didn't think she was ugly. When he saw that Leah was not loved and that no one wanted her, God chose her to love her especially, to give her a very important job. One day, God was going to rescue the whole world through Leah's family. Now, when Leah knew that God loved her in her heart, two boys and one girl and one baby in the picture. That's right. It might be. I don't know if we know. Yes, it is. Oh, it is? Yes, it is. Okay, let's read. 
Now, when Leah knew that God loved her in her heart, suddenly it didn't matter anymore whether her husband loved her the best or if she was the prettiest. Someone had chosen her. Someone did love her with a never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. So when Leah had a baby boy, you were right. You've read this book before, haven't you, sweetheart? And she called him Judah, which means this time I will praise the Lord. And that's just what she did. And you'll never guess what job God gave Leah. But you need the phone on the pages. It's okay. The phone's recording for us. So you can listen to it again later when Mimi goes home. Okay? And when you see, you'll never guess what, God, what job God gave Leah. You see, when God looked at Leah, he saw a princess. And sure enough, that's exactly what she became. One of Leah's children's children's children would be a prince. The prince of heaven. Prince of heaven. Who's the prince of heaven? Jesus. Jesus. Very good, sweetie. That's Jesus. God's son. No, that one's actually not Jesus. That one's actually, who did we just say? Judah. That's right. Like your friend. The prince would love God's people. They wouldn't need to be beautiful for him to love them. He would love them with all of his heart. And they would be beautiful because he loved them. Like Leah. Okay. You can push the red button this time. Okay, eso parte está en español. Ahora estoy en mi casa donde hay mi libro que tiene, libro que tiene en dos lenguas. Otra vez, perdona mi español. Estoy trabajando en tratando de hacer mejor mi español. Gracias a Dios. La niña que nadie, nadie quería. La historia de Jacob, Raquel y Lea de Génesis 29 y 30. Había una vez dos hermanas. La menor era linda y se llamaba Raquel, pero la mayor no era muy linda. Algunos pensaban que era muy fea y se llamaba Lea. Raquel era de esas niñas a las que siempre invitan a las fiestas o las escogen para jugar. Todos la querían. ¿Y qué de la pobre Lea? Casi nadie siquiera la notaba. Un día, su primo, Jacob, vino a vivir con ellos. Era uno de los hijos de Isaac, Isaac y estaba oyendo. Jacob había hecho algunas cosas malas y se había ganado algunos enemigos, entre ellos a su hermano, y ahora andaba escondiéndose. Lo curioso es que Jacob, de todas las personas, Dios le había dado la promesa especial. Yo voy a rescatar al mundo por medio de tu familia. Como veremos, Dios escoge a las personas que menos pensamos. Jacob se quedó largo tiempo trabajando para su tío Labán. Un día Labán dijo, Jacob, he decidido pagarte por tu trabajo. ¿Qué quieres? ¿Qué tal una de mis hijas? Página 72, donde hay Jacob a la derecha en la camisa verde, gritándose. Jacob miró a Raquel y miró a Lea, a quien iba a escoger. 
por supuesto, escogió a Raquel. Trabajaré siete años sin cobrar, dijo Jacob. Si puedo casar, sí, puedo casarme con Raquel. Así que Jacob trabajó siete años y por fin llegó el día de su boda. Pero esa noche, Laban le jugó un truco sucio a Jacob. En lugar de enviar a Raquel para que se case con Jacob, envió a Lea. Ahora bien, en esos días no tenía electricidad, así que estaba oscuro en la carpa. Y además, las mujeres se ponían velos y no se les podía ver la cara. Así que Jacob no sospechó nada. A la mañana siguiente, Jacob se despertó y pegó un grito. Su nueva esposa estaba acostada junto a él, pero no era Raquel, era Lea. Jacob saltó de la cama. Labán gritó, eres un sinvergüenza. Trabajar para mí otros siete años, le dije a Labán, y entonces puedes casarte con Raquel. Así que Jacob trabajó para Labán otros siete años, y por fin Raquel fue su esposa. Ahora... Jacob tenía dos esposas, pero de las dos esposas, Jacob quería más a Raquel. Turn the page, página que sigue. Nadie me quiere, decía Lea. Soy muy fea, pero Dios no pensaba que ella era muy fea. Cuando vio que a Lea no la querían, Dios la escogió para quererla. De una manera especial y darle una tarea muy importante. Un día, Dios iba a rescatar a todo el mundo por medio de la familia de Lea. Entonces, cuando Lea supo en su corazón que Dios la quería, de repente ya no le importó su, si su esposo la quería a ella más o si ella era la más bonita. Alguien le había escogido. Alguien la amaba con un amor que nunca se acaba, nunca se da por vencido, nunca se apaga y que es para siempre. Así que cuando Lea tuvo un hijo, lo, le puso por nombre Judá, Judá que quiere decir, esta, esta vez voy a alabar al Señor. Y eso fue exactamente lo que hizo. ¿No te imaginas la tarea que Dios le dio a Lea? Como ves, cuando Dios miró a Lea, vio una princesa. Y en efecto, eso fue exactamente lo que ella llegó a ser. Uno de los hijos de los, de los hijos de los hijos de Lea sería un príncipe. El príncipe del cielo, el hijo de Dios. Este príncipe amaría al pueblo de Dios. Ellos no necesitarían ser hermosos para que él los quería. Él los amaría de todo corazón y ellos serían hermosos porque Él los amaba como Lea. Ok, 
We're now on page 76, página 76. You can see this boy on the right side of the page, young man, and he has a long, colorful coat on, and his dad, with a gray beard behind him, has kind of a pink, uh, what we would call a dress on, but that's how the men dressed back then, isn't it? Mire el niño en su, en su chaqueta de muchos colores. So this boy, este niño es, who do you think it is? It's Joseph. His name is Joseph, or in Spanish, it would be Jose. So we're going to read about Joseph now, okay? The forgiving prince, Joseph and his brothers, from Genesis 37 through 46. Jacob had 12 sons, but all of his sons, but of all of his sons, excuse me, Joseph was his favorite. One day, Jacob gave Joseph a beautiful, splendid new robe. It was beautiful and rich with all the colors of the rainbow, but it made Joseph's brothers, you can see in the background there, jealous. They wanted a rich rainbow robes too. Then to make matters worse, Joseph kept on having these special dreams. I dreamed I was the greatest. I was king, Joseph told his brothers. Do you think he should have told them, kids? No. And you bowed down to me. Now I'm sure you know, even if Joseph didn't, that telling your brothers things like that isn't a very good idea. Joseph's brothers hated him even more. They wanted to kill Joseph and his dreams. And one day, that's exactly what they tried to do. They tore Joseph's rainbow robe off him and sold him to slave traders for 20 pieces of silver. The traders took Joseph to Egypt and made him into a slave. The brothers went home and lied to their father, telling him that Joseph was dead. That's the end of that dreamer, they thought, but they were wrong. God had a magnificent dream for Joseph's life, and even when it looked like everything had gone wrong, God would use it all to help make the dream come true. God would use everything that was happening to Joseph to do something good. Meanwhile, though, things were not looking good for Joseph in Egypt. He was far from home and far from his dad. Then he got blamed for something he didn't do. And even though he had done nothing wrong, he was punished and thrown in jail. But God was with Joseph. So Mimi read two double page spreads. I read from the page with the coat of many colors to the next page where he's in jail. And now I'm going to go back and read that to you in Spanish and Espanol. El príncipe perdonador. José y sus hermanos de Génesis 37 al 46. Jacob tenía 12 hijos, pero de todos sus hijos, José era su favorito. Un día, Jacob le regaló a José una nueva túnica. Era hermosa y lujosa, con todos los colores del arco iris. Eso hizo que los hermanos de Jacob sintieron envidia. Ellos también querían túnicas elegantes con los colores del arco iris. Luego, para empeorar las cosas, José tuvo unos sueños especiales. Yo soñé que era el más grande. Yo era rey, les dijo a sus hermanos. Y todos ustedes se arrodillaban ante mí. Ahora bien, seguramente sabes, aunque José no lo supiera, que decirle a tus hermanos cosas como estas no es muy buena idea. Los hermanos de José lo odiaron todavía más. 
querían matar a José y sus sueños. Y eso fue exactamente lo que trataron de hacer. Le quitaron a José la túnica de colores y lo vendieron a unos comerciantes ismalitas por 20 piezas de plata. Página que sigue. Los comerciantes llevaron a José a Egipto y lo vendieron como esclavo. Los hermanos se fueron a casa y le mintieron a su padre diciéndole que José había muerto. Eso es el fin de soñador, pensaron. Pero se equivocaron. Dios tenía un magnífico plan para la vida de José. Y, e incluso cuando todo parecía que marchaba mal, Dios iba a usarlo para que su plan se hiciera realidad. Dios iba a usar para algo bueno todo lo que estaba su sucediendo a José. Mientras tanto, sin embargo, las cosas no se veían bien para José en Egipto. Estaba lejos de su casa y de su padre. Le echaron la copa de algo que no había hecho, y aunque no había hecho nada malo, lo castigaron y lo echaron en la cárcel. Pero Dios estaba con José. El fin de página donde abajo a la derecha está José en cárcel, muy triste con sus manos acá enfrente en las paras. One night, Pharaoh, king of Egypt, had a scary dream about thin cows gobbling up fat cows. What on earth did it mean? He didn't know, but Joseph was a dream expert, so Pharaoh sent for him. It means a famine is coming, Joseph explained. There won't be enough food. Pharaoh was so pleased by Joseph's skill that he immediately took Joseph out of jail and made him a prince. Now, Mimi will make a note here. I don't know if they're going to say it or not, but actually, the Bible says that God told Joseph the dream, right? It wasn't Joseph's skill. It was God's Holy Spirit that helped Joseph. But now back home, Joseph's brothers had run out of food and everyone was hungry. God's special family was in danger. If they didn't get food soon, they would starve to death. So Joseph's brothers traveled to Egypt to buy food. They came and knelt before the new prince. His brothers didn't know that the prince was Joseph. But Joseph knew who they were. Joseph's dream, the one about his brothers bowing down to him, was coming true. It's me, Joseph cried. When they saw it was Joseph, his brothers were afraid. They had wronged Joseph. They had sinned, and they knew it. Now Joseph would certainly punish them. But Joseph looked at his brothers, and his eyes were filled with tears. Even though his brothers had hurt him and hated him and wanted him dead, in spite of everything, he couldn't stop loving them. That is the end of page 81 in English, where Joseph is sitting on the throne, and there's three shadows down at the bottom of the picture on the right-hand side. Now in Espanol. Una noche, el faraón, rey de Egipto, tuvo un sueño que lo 
asustó en el que vio vacas flacas comiéndose a vacas gordas. ¿Qué significaba eso? No lo sabía. Pero José era experto en sueños. Así que el farón envió a buscarlo. ¿Quiere decir que viene un hambrano, hambrano, sorry, lo siento, hambruno, hambruna, there, al fin, hambruna, le explicó José, no habrá comida suficiente. El farón se alegró tanto de la habilidad de José que de mi mente lo sacó de la cárcel y lo hizo príncipe. Ahora bien, en la casa del padre de José, a sus hermanos se les había acabado la comida y todos tenían hambre. La familia escogida de Dios estaba en peligro. Si no consiguen, consiguen comida pronto, se morir, morían de hambre. Así que los hermanos de José Viajaron a Egipto para comprar comida. La página que sigue, con príncipe, príncipe José arriba a la derecha. Al llegar, se arrodillaron ante el nuevo príncipe. Sus hermanos no sabían que el príncipe era José, pero José sí sabía quiénes eran ellos. El sueño de José en el que soñó que sus hermanos se arrodillaban ante de él, se hacía realidad. Soy yo, dijo José. Cuando dieron cuenta de que era José, sus hermanos tuvieron miedo. Le habían hecho daño a José. Habían pecado y lo sabían. Sin duda, José los castigaría. Pero José miró a sus hermanos y sus ojos se llenaron de lágrimas. Aunque sus hermanos le habían hecho daño, lo aborrecían y habían querido matarlo. A pesar de todo, él no podía, no podía dejarlo de quererlos. El fin de página con José arriba de Rey y las sombras de los tres hermanos abajo. His heart, which they had broken, filled up with love, and Joseph forgave them. Joseph threw his arms around them. Don't be afraid, he said. Behind what you were doing, underneath everything that was happening, God was doing something good. God was making everything right again. Joseph didn't punish them. He rescued them. He brought God's special family to live safely with him in Egypt. One day, God would send another prince, a young prince whose heart would break. Like Joseph, he would leave his home and his father. His brothers would hate him and want him dead. He would be sold for pieces of silver. He would be punished, even though he had done nothing wrong. But God would use everything that happened to this young prince, even the bad things, to do something good, to forgive the sins of the whole world. Su corazón, el que ellos habían destrozado, se llenó de amor y José los perdonó. José los abrazó, 
No tengan miedo, dijo. Detrás de todo lo que ustedes estaban haciendo, debajo de todo lo que estaba sucediendo, Dios estaba haciendo algo bueno. Dios estaba poniendo todo en orden. José no los castigó, los rescató. Trajo a su familia escogida de Dios para que viviera segura con él en Egipto. Un día Dios enviaría a otro príncipe, un joven príncipe, cuyo corazón se partiría y partiría. Como José, él dejaría su casa y, su y a su padre. Sus hermanos lo aborrecerían y querían matarlo. Lo venderían por piezas de plata. Lo castigarían, aunque nunca había hecho nada malo. Dios usaría todo lo que les sucedería, diera, sucediera en este joven príncipe, incluso las cosas malas, para hacer algo bueno, perdonar los pecados de todo el mundo. Ese era el fin de página 82, 82. Y a la derecha es un como calle con cuatro gente abrazando a la derecha. Ok, that was the end of page 82. Two, and then the right hand side of the page you can see four looks like four men hugging there at the right side where our new title is that's the end of this episode five we'll keep going in a little bit here thank you for joining me me